Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. I'm alive, and boys and girls, you know what? If you are you're actually hearing me, that means I have emerged from the TIFF sanity, and you are within the sound of my voice. Uh, for for the you know your favorite podcast, you must be in the seats with once more. As always, my name is Dave Voigt, and I'm the host of this podcast, where we sit down with a wide ranging variety of entertainment industry professionals. And we pick their brain about current projects, state of the industry, how they got started, and so very much more in light and in a conversational fashion. And you know, if you like how we do things around here, and I'm going to assume that you do, because you're listening right now. Uh, and if you are, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Give us the old five-star rating on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, we're available pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and plus we archive every single one of our episodes over at our In The Seats YouTube channel. So if you can give us a like and subscribe there as well, we'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, also, don't hesitate to check us out on the social media. We're on the Facebook, we're on the Twitter, uh, we're on the Instagram, we're on the Letterboxd, we're on the TikTok, and, well, we're probably on a few other places too. At In The Seats for all sorts of fun updates and finally, and I do dare say most importantly, please pay us a visit over at In The Seats intheseats.ca for all the latest and greatest from the world of film, television, basically the moving image at large, because guess what? If we love to watch it and write about it and talk about it, we love it even more when you come by and read about it and listen about it. So do us that kindness and come and pay us a visit. Yes, boys and girls, we're still in the thick of the Toronto International Film Festival. It is running until the 17th here in our fair city with hundreds of fantastic pieces of cinema. Yours truly has been deep in the weeds doing interviews, seeing movies, sleeping uh, four or five hours a night, going to the occasional party, taking meetings, and doing all sorts of interesting stuff in between, usually uh, walking my feet literally off my body as they are sore as all hell. But we had a window here at home to talk and upload a couple of things, and that is perfect timing because we're talking about one of our absolute favorite films, of the festival so far, and it is Toll, from uh, one of Brazilians, uh, Brazil's best uh, voices in cinema. The one and only Carolina Markowitz, who you may remember from last year's festival with her film Charcoal. But Toll is really a next step up for her, and it is a real big, fascinating piece of cinema. And it's uh, the story of... Uh, uh, a woman uh, working as a toll booth attendant who realizes she can use her job to help pay a gang of thieves steal prized accessories from the uh, wealthy people driving between Sa uh, Sao Paulo and the coast. And she she talks herself into it because she thinks she's doing it for a noble cause because she wants to send her teenage son to an expensive gay conversion workshop led by a renowned priest. But unwittingly she she triggers this chain of events that well no one's really going to end up happy it's not a, it's a fascinating movie it's not a happy movie but it's a fascinating one and markowitz uh with this feature really doubles down and, and has created something absolutely remarkable and very self-assured and in advance of the festival we had the unique pleasure of sitting down with the one and only carolina Markowitz to talk about the origins of the film and so very much more. 
if you're interested in it, and you should be, because it really is a fantastic piece of cinema. I'm not sure when it will be coming out here, but it probably will be at some point. There is one more screening coming up this Saturday, September 16th, uh, at the Scotiabank at 1235, so uh, go get tickets. Seriously, it's a damn good movie, but first, enjoy our talk with Carolina, because uh, between you and me, it's a darn good one. Hi, Carolina. Just first off, I mean, obviously, you know, thank you so much for the time today. And I mean, congrats on the film. I mean, you keep this up. We're going to have to get you an apartment here in Toronto. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Now, I mean, I guess my first question is, uh, like, I love the film. And I mean, walk me through the origin of the story and particularly the setting of the toll booth. Because, I mean, I've never been to your country, but it definitely feels like the toll booth was the great sort of equalizer. No matter your status, cultural divide, like, you've got to go through the toll. Like, walk me through sort of why you wanted to tell the story and, and why you wanted to use that setting. Well, it's two things. I think that... Uh... I has always have always been fascinated by the toll setting as well. You know, I mean, those people get so um, taken away from the world. The ones that are working there, the the, part, the cars passes by like thousands of cars. They don't get to speak at all with them. They just charge, and people are always in a hurry, and it's weird. And I always been very fascinated by those figures that are there and they are charging, and they don't know, don't know anything about your life and. You don't know anything about their life either. And it's so crazy when I got to know more about the the tolls, uh, the dynamics of the toll that people go by the tunnel below. And, you know, it's it blew my mind completely. And then I was very fascinated by the fact that it was some kind of a toll that Chiquinho had to pay, you know, to be living with his mm -hmm. mom. So I think it's it's crazy for me. It's very crazy to think that when you are starting developing something in a film, things start make things start making some sense somehow in things that you were not even thinking about it. You know, so um, yeah. So I think the toll itself is is very metaphorical with the story that we are speaking. For sure. No, absolutely. No, I mean, obviously, I love the ensemble. I mean, particularly Maeve. I mean, she does a fantastic job in the role. Can you talk to me a little bit just about casting? And I mean, and finding her, like, did you write this for her or was she somebody that you found? Um, uh, actually, Maeve and Aline, which is her friend, they were both in Charcoal, my, my first film too. And I well, love right. yeah. yeah. And I loved uh, them so much. I think they are great actresses, very talented, and they are very, they, they can have a, a very wide range of, you know, emotions and humor and drama. And I, I really enjoy that. So Maeve was actually set to do uh, charcoal before. And I was thinking about other people to do tall. But then it turns for me to a point that I was like, no, I, I, I will tell Maeve to do the part because I think she would do that so, so greatly. And it's so sharp in terms that you have like this very fine tune of tone that it's not easy, and at the same time, I wanted a uh, very experienced, experienced actress to do that because I, I, I like to mix a lot of non-actors with actors. But mm. to this part, I thought it would be very good to have an actress. So I thought about her, and I was like, 
do you think what do you think about doing another film besides charcoal it will be right after it and it's very different but at the same time you're going to be a mother again and you're kind of tricky again in a different way and so we were like trying to build the character uh, in a very specific way that would be very differently from from charcoal and so it For was sure. something was not, you know, intended in terms of having her for both parts right from the beginning. But when I was trying to figure out who I was going to cast for Tall, she was in my mind all the time. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to invite her for the part because I can see her in the part. And it was like that. Absolutely. I, well, I'm glad you told her to do it because she did a fantastic job. And I mean, something else that really struck me was just... I. Uh, because, and I mean, I found this with charcoal as well. There's a bit of a tone of like terror and like sort of the horrible things people will do for the ones they love, but also a little bit of absurdity at the same time. And I'm kind of curious, what is it about that blend that you find so compelling? Because on one end, like I'm horrified, but on the other end, I'm 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 almost laughing at certain situations as well. Uh, yeah, I, I like this because, you know, I think life is like this. Sometimes you are horrified and sometimes you are laughing about the other thing and same thing and you change mood from one minute to the other and things happen mm. in a way that, it's not something like, it's drama, it's humor. It's like, I mean, I like the naturality. I like to look at a film and feel the reality somehow. And life is bizarre too. So I, I like the idea of not having to keep one single tone or one single genre in a film because I think it makes it similar to real life, you know? And I mean, there's something about the visual style of the film as well, because I mean, even from sort of a simple scene of, of the two of them walking by the uh, refinery with the shot of the smoke, but then like the social media videos, and then when we see inside the, the church, like there's definitely something here that is, you know, using the visual to tell the story as well as much as where the characters. Um, yeah, I think the idea of the visuals, the, the city, which I think is a character in the film too, because it's a very specific city. It's very smoky. It has a lot of industry. At the same time, it's surrounded by the Atlantic forest. So it's very contradi contradictory also. And I wanted the film to feel cold and gray because the film is like that. But at the same time, there is this strange warmness of the people that you don't understand very much. You know, It's something that you feel when you are in the city because the city is ugly but it has a beauty that it's difficult to explain. And all the visuals that I intended for the film was were intended to have this feeling. It's cold, but at the same time, there is this kind of fun because of the color, but it's still cold. But, you know, they, I mean, something that is naturalistic to bring mm. more humanity, but at the same time, it's kind of gray and cold always. There's something else about just sort of the theme of it all with the idea of, uh, you know, best intentions kind of going horribly wrong because I mean, obviously we can relate to the idea of a mother wanting to protect her son, but then at the same time, the reasons why she's doing it were, were wondering and there's always this uncertainty. And I mean, I'm kind of curious for you as a storyteller, what is it about that I guess, emotional ambiguity that, that, that kind of draws you in. Because, I mean, again, we relate to her, but we're also confused by her at the same time. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly the spirit. You, you are confused by her because, I, I mean, she's confused by her. She's thinking about yeah. him. For her, it's good too, you know, to make that money. I mean, it's so exploratory, her work. They, they earn mm -hmm. such little money and she's there all the time. And now she discovered a way to get some money, which is going to be good for her too. So, I mean, it's important for her to, to turn her son into a straight man. But at the same time, there's something for, for her there. And I think this is the complexity of, of human, of, you know, the humanity, you know, which I, I find very interesting. Well, and I mean, I'm curious because, I mean, again, I mean, I think this is one thing that I love, particularly when I get to see films from all over the world. Like, would you describe this as something that is more indicative of maybe sort of being a mother in Brazil or just even being sort of a parent on the planet? Because just the more film evolves and the more stories we see, this there is such relatability to this story like i said combined with sort of that borderline absurdity that i'm convinced like a multitude of audiences are going to love this film um hopefully you are right i hope so <laughs> <laughs> it's universal i mean because i didn't want to treat the boy as a victim because he's a teenager so he's a pain in the ass as all teenagers and all the <laughs> It's not that he's a, a, a saint and the mother is an evil. No, I mean, some it's 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 mixed. Like it's real life. When I see like mothers who have teenager sons or daughters, they have they are pissed and sometimes they are uh, they say bad things to them. And then you see the scene and then you are more related to the mom and more related to the kids. And of course, she's homophobic, which makes us more related to the boy. But at the same time, he's yeah. A teenager, so. I mean, there there are these elements that I think are very universal be, uh, of motherhood, of family, and all these feelings that you have when you have a lot of intimacy, a lot of love, but at the same time when you do not accept people how they are. Yeah, people are complicated. That's that that is the damn <laughs> truth. But Carolina, just you know, congrats on the good work, and thank you so much again for the time. And don't forget to, to visit our friends over at Bay Street Video for all your DVD, Blu-ray rental, or purchasing needs this summer, as they are still open for curbside and some mailing delivery as well. Over at 1172 Bay Street, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you can give them a call at 416-964-9088. That's 416-964-9088. Or send them an email at baystreetvideoto at gmail.com for any of your DVD and Blu-ray needs.